Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. to the Inspired Evolution and it is such a treat to be here today. I actually can't even confess how good it is to be here, but I'm just going to welcome you. Welcome, Dane. How are you? Oh man, I'm great. Um, it, it is just, it. I love it. We love it. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do this thing. All right. Well, for those tuning in to Dane here for the first time, sit down, take a minute to listen. He's an internationally renowned author, speaker, and facilitator of consciousness and change. He's been, he's been doing this for over 17 years. He's been inviting people to embrace their true greatness, right? He's helped people from every culture, country, age, and social strata of society. We're going to dive deep into that. Originally trained as a chiropractor, he's had a completely different approach to healing by facilitating people to tap into and recognize their own abilities and their own knowing. I love that, brother. In his talks and workshops, he uses a unique set of tools and provides step-by-step energetic processes to get people out of the answers, uh, conclusions, and judgments that are keeping them stuck in a cycle of no choice, no change, and then leading them into moments of awe that have the power to change absolutely anything. For Dane, judgment is the biggest killer on the planet. I can't wait to have a conversation about this, especially the judgment of ourselves. Based on his own life experience, he asks, what if we could get out of the wrongness of ourselves and see every wrongness, the places where we judge ourselves the most, actually as a strongness, what would be possible then? Today, he's acknowledged worldwide for his unique perspectives on consciousness and personal transformation that are unlike anything else that's out there at the moment. And he's best known for his powerful energetic transformation process called the Energetic Synthesis of Being, and also for being the co-creator of Access Consciousness along with Gary Douglas there. Dude, such a pleasure to have you here. Oh, 
so glad to be with you. What else is possible? What else can we have? Let's talk about what are the infinite possibilities <laughs> in this given moment. Oh my God! Let's just right? uh, split open parallel universes while we're here. <laughs> I, I like the way you're thinking. I am do this thing. Maybe let's just set that as an agenda. Let's see how many potential parallel universes we can pop open in a, in a given moment. <laughs> yes. It works for me. You know, it's like if you never ask, you don't receive. If you ask, you have a very good chance of receiving. You still may not receive, but if you don't ask, you're definitely not going to receive. So why don't we shoot for the moon? You know, if you if you miss and hit the stars, that's not not too bad. You got somewhere. You definitely got somewhere. There's some movement in that. Hey, you've touched on something really deeply that I was hoping to go in uh, into with you is actually receiving. Hey, like um, receiving love has been something that you know, like obviously sounds a little bit fluffy, um, but in terms of just receiving anything, um, I've been tuning into your work and man, the content out there. Please tune into Tane's work. It's incredible. Um, you touch on something there that is like receiving love. In order to receive what you do want, you also have to be able to receive judgment you know um can you tell us a little bit more about that like yeah yeah well one of the big things that we are not willing to receive is judgment and what that creates is from the time we're little kids you know and we know that energy because it's heavy it's yucky it sits like a rock in your stomach or closes down your heart and closes down your happiness and so from the time we're little kids we learn to put up walls and barriers the thing is, when you put up a wall, the wall doesn't know. You know, it's, it's not an intelligent wall. You know, you put up a brick wall around you and it keeps out everything. It doesn't know. Let in love, let in happiness, let in money, let in sex, let in joy, let in the sun. It keeps out everything. So in your attempt to keep judgment out, you actually keep out everything you'd like to receive. And so one of the, one of the tools I like to give everybody is what's true for you makes you lighter. A lie always makes you heavier. And I'd say, hey, you know what, apply that to everything I say, but also everything else you hear, everything else you read from now on. And lighter is sort of the sense of, ah, okay, cool. Like that matches, like that resonates, you know, and heavier is where you kind of go, eh, you know, you get sort of a weird sort of twist in your guts or something, uh, the awareness that something is actually not, and that's the awareness something's not true for you. And so the thing is, judgment is always heavy. And in an effort to shut out the heaviness, we build these walls, and that's where we limit our receiving. But in order to do that, what we first have to do is we have to make judgment real, we have to make it true, and we have to make it significant. Mm. And and so changing any aspect of this starts to allow you to bring down the walls because the walls aren't natural for us. You know, we're beings that that function from communion and from connection and from contribution and from gifting and receiving naturally. So these walls are actually unnatural, but it takes a lot of energy to hold them in place. Right. So where do you think they first get propped up, these walls? Where do they come from? Well, the first thing, one of the things that we found in Access, and when I started doing this work, I was working with Gary, the founder. um, And one of the things that we found was that somewhere around 98% of what you think you are, Mm. you buy from your parents before the age of two. And most of the buying of, of these things, see, a lot of times... You know, if we've done any personal development work, we can look back at a past time and go, oh, that's where I started out or that's, you know, that's where this trauma occurred or this is where this point of view developed. But the thing most people don't realize is most of the points of view that we picked up from other people are actually energetic. Mm -hmm. It's the energy that they live their lives from that we picked up on because we're so highly aware energetically. 
Yeah. And nobody ever tells us this either, unfortunately. Um, and so w it really starts when we're kids and we basically just duplicate a version of our parents' worlds to begin. Because when you're a little kid, you come in and you're like, wow, how do they do it here? I don't know. Okay, what do you do? Well, you tap into the people that are closest to you and you learn to do it the way they did. But you learn to do it from, from the energetics of how they function. It's very, it, it is also what they say to you or around you, but most of it is the energy that they're being that you learn to be too. Yeah. Wow. I think that goes really deep. And, you know, uh, I've heard through your work and you say this, but I, um, I really want to go deeper into this is your environment and the role it plays in terms of what you're picking up. Um, yeah, almost to the point where I, oh, I think when I saw you speak, it was about 98% of your shit that you're carrying around may not yeah. be your own, man. Like, tell us more about that. Yeah, like literally 98% of your shit. And so <laughs> what we found is 98% of your thoughts, feelings, emotions, your judgments, the heaviness in your head, the idea that you can't make your life work, the idea that money is a struggle, the idea relationships have to be a particular way, the idea that you can't feel connected to other people, the idea that life is a struggle. This is all shit that we bought from other people while we were growing up, sometime previous to this moment. Not all of it, most of it though. And, and the way it works, so we have a tool. And, and for me, the, one of the things I love about access consciousness and getting to do this work is it's kind of like an, a, a personal development upgrade. So we don't just talk about it so you can have another thing to judge yourself for not being able to do <laughs> That is so profound, man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, because how many times have we heard somebody say something? You're like, fuck, that's brilliant. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And then you walk away without a way to change it. So yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of actually changing things, not just talking about it. So what happens is if you there's a tool that we have. And all you have to do whenever you're in the middle of something that feels heavy to you or something where you're responding in a way you don't like or fear, sadness, doubt, anger. You just go, who does that belong to? And if it lightens up at all, even a tiny bit, it's not actually yours. It's something you're either aware of in present time, which, and what you do with that is then you go return to sender. Okay, now if that thing comes back, it's because at some other point in time, you were around this so much, you bought it as yours. It's right. like this. It's like, like uh, the analogy I like to use is like, if you spent 30 years of your life swimming in carrot soup, Somebody would pull you out and you would look like a carrot. You would smell like a carrot. You would taste like a carrot, but you're still not a freaking carrot, you know? And <laughs> what we've been doing is swimming in the carrot soup of everybody else's realities because we have this immense energetic awareness. And this is another thing that nobody tells us. And this is the, this is the thing about the, where, where energetically we pick up on people's thoughts, feelings, and emotions, their points of view. And we've never been taught that this stuff isn't ours. So we then buy it as ours when we're swimming around in it. And now we walk away as though, and now we're walk away living this as though it's us, even though it's not us, it was never us. And usually we didn't even make the cognitive choice to go, oh, I'm going to function this way. Usually it was just an energy that was around us so dynamically, we believe we are that energy. So you ask, who does this belong to? If it lightens up, it's not yours. And then return to sender. If it comes back, it's because at some point you bought that thing as yours. And then what you do is you go, so everything I did to buy this is mine and everything I've become and everything I haven't let myself be because of it, uh, destroy and uncreate, meaning let all that shit go and then return it to sender. And 90 plus percent of the time, it doesn't come back and you're free of a massively limiting point of view.
Yeah, sweet. So I want to dive deeper into that. Thank you so much for giving us like literally practical tools, because I think that is like the key thing there. And that's something I wanted to talk to you about um, in a little bit. But what I really want to go into is that lightness. Um, It has been like just tuning in and researching you like, you know, uh, consistently, I love the podcasting, whatever it brings, because just in the process of researching and learning from others, I get to learn so much. For me, this is effectively a school, you know, but don't tell anyone. Um, (laughs) It's been incredible. And tuning into your work, like that whole element of if it feels lighter has spoken to me so deeply because I actually have this belief and correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to explore this with you is I legitimately believe that in the quantum, like time doesn't exist, right? So my future self has made its decisions already and it knows what those decisions are and lines up with it. Now, when I start feeling that heaviness and move, like it feels like I'm moving into like a dense forest or that density, that heaviness, it's like, mate, those aren't the decisions that line up with your future self that your quantum self can communicate back through you to time. And that's why it doesn't feel light. And so I've actually started making some decisions recently, just on the back of having researched you that do not align with my rational mind at all. But they yay. make no sense. You know? <laughs> yay, we're in. <laughs> Another one bites the dust, he yes. said. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but legitimately, I, yeah, like uh, my rational mind would be like, this makes a lot of sense. This is like even career orientation stuff. Like, you know, this is the next decision for me. But I feel into it. And uh, even though that makes a whole bunch of sense, it feels very neural, it feels dense. Whereas this other thing that is completely left of center. I think about that and I feel spaciousness. I actually feel lightness. Um, yes. I've been using that as a, as a proper tool. And to be honest, I don't know because I'm only going to find out six months from now because some of these decisions have like a six month, you know, time lapse on them in terms of me figuring yeah. out if I made the right decision or not, but I'm trusting in the process. And I have to say, it feels really good. Tell us more about this and where it comes from. Well, I'd say I, exactly what you're doing that that's it. And the thing is what we have to get is, your mind is a dangerous thing. Waste it. There's so our mind can only judge and function from its previous point of view about what it's decided is right and what is decided it's wrong, and tell you that anything it doesn't know yet is wrong, because its job is to keep you in the smallest box possible, because that's its way of protecting you. Mm. Great. And there's no adventure. There's no joy. There's no space. There's no you know. There's no sense of actually truly being alive and being able to get outside of the box. And so exactly what you're doing, if, if there's a choice, so there's a few, a, a few things, a few tools for choice that can be really helpful. Yes, so this yes. first thing that you, that you um, acknowledge, you know, what's true makes you lighter is, is so big. If we can just allow ourselves to, I guess, I almost want to say like have the faith in ourselves in the universe, actually the trust in ourselves and the trust in the consciousness that's all around us, that it really does have our back. And that we don't have to figure it out to get there because most people believe we have to figure it out. And then their next thing is, what problem do I have to solve to have this? Mm -hmm. And but personal development, even though it seems like it's about it's it was designed to solve your problems, that's a limited way of using it. What personal development really should be about and whether whether we call it personal development, consciousness or whatever term you want to put on it, Mm -hmm. it's actually about exploring possibilities beyond the box of this reality and having the ability to create them. And if we're going to go beyond the box, we need to go with what makes us lighter. And a couple ways of, of, which is exactly what you're doing, and I'm so grateful you're talking about this because if we followed that sense with everything that we do and every choice we make, 
Now, we're not going to be able to follow it all the time, okay? But let's say we follow that chance, that sense of lightness with 80, 85% of the choices we make. Within the next three weeks to six months, your life would get so much lighter. But also, you'd start to have a massive awareness of what's true for you beyond the box of realities you've been living it, but also beyond other people's boxes of reality. Mm. Because that, because we're so aware energetically, we're so aware of everybody's box of reality and what they've decided is possible, what they've decided is true. And that's great. Cool. Um, but then we try to somehow act like the, the limits of their box should be the limit of ours, even when we know there's something greater possible. And so we get stuck in this conundrum of, oh, I, I can't choose this. I don't know how to do this. Well, if you follow what's light, you'll start to get that awareness first. And then if you'll ask this question about everything you want to choose, what will my life be like in five years if I choose this and get the sense of that? Whatever that brings up, whether it's light, heavy, you know, neither feels totally neutral. So what will my life be like if I choose this? And what will my life be like if I don't? And get the energy of each, the sense of spaciousness, the sense of lightness, go for the one that's lighter. Or if you have three choices or 10, you go through and ask that about all of them. And the one that's the lightest is the one to choose. Because what you're tapping into is your awareness. Like you said, your quantum self in the future. Well, you're tapping into your awareness of what future will be created by the choice you make. Mm. And this is another piece we have to get is our choices create and the, the life we're living right now is the sum total of the choices we've made in the past. Mm -hmm. Well, so what we're living right now is our past self's future, right? And so if we, we have to recognize our choices create, and then the question becomes, what would I like to create and what choices can I make to get there? But to know a particular choice to make, what would my life be like in five years if I make this choice? What would my life be like in five years if I don't? And it starts to give you this awareness that cuts beyond all the mental crap because most of us have been taught do the checklist and if it matches the checklist then it is good how many married people do you know who married somebody who fit the checklist who are now divorced and got divorced very unhappily very and very angrily so it's it it's sort of an old version um that whole checklist thing is sort of an old version of 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 a way to create a, a way to get to what we desire this is actually accessing our knowing that goes beyond any point of view and the thing I really love about what you're sharing is that it is so unique to the individual. Just like you said, you're not taking it on from other people's boxes. What lights you up is what basically will light up your soul, your essence. Now, I'm acutely aware that in this conversation, like we're talking someone that's been meditating for six and a half years and is basically, you know, been working to subtler energies, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I can kind of feel when things are coming up that feel lighter and things feel a little bit denser. It's just, you know, by the product of awareness and consistently cultivating that. But there may be a lot of listeners that are tuning in that aren't necessarily that in tune so do you have some advice about how to like you know when someone feels into lightness where do they start well the first thing i would say is think about when somebody told you a lie and get that energy okay and and realize that you knew it and you knew it was a lie whether you acknowledged it at the time probably even better if you knew it you got the energy of it and then you didn't find out they were actually lying until later and acknowledge that awareness and acknowledge that you knew. Why? Because we know. See, I function from the idea that we're infinite beings, which I heard this one time in some metaphysical thing I was doing long before access consciousness. And I was asking about my money problem. And she said, well, Dan, you're an infinite being. And I was like, 
well, then why the fuck can't I pay rent? That does not help me at all. You know what I mean? And so what I'm, what I'm talking about is, is the acknowledgement that somewhere we know we're more than we've been letting ourselves be. And so if we look at that as we're an infinite being, whatever you want to call it, whatever that awareness is of the fact that you are something more, then you realize that you know, because an infinite being would have infinite knowing, infinite perceiving, infinite receiving, and to go along with the infinite being. So they would have infinite awareness. And so somehow we know, and it's the energies that we get in our body and the senses we get in our body that tell us what we know, because our knowing doesn't come in words, because words are sort of a, a very horrendous form of communication in most people's world. It's actually the energy that is our first language. And so everybody is speaking that language without realizing it. Especially when, you know, so anyway, sorry, my ADHD is just at an all-time high. No, I apologize. Yeah. I have ADHD, OCD, and <laughs> autism all rolled into one. I call them my superpowers. Um, but trying to follow a one logical linear train of thought is not easy for me. So um, thanks for bearing with me. <laughs> um, okay, so that, that thing about acknowledging when somebody lied to you mm. can be a way of getting the, the heaviness of what's a lie makes you heavy. But then, so I'm going to say something to everybody listening. Yeah. And um, so actually, I'm going to say two things. The first one I'm going to apologize for um, right up front. Sure. Um, the first one is you are unkind. You are selfish. You do not truly care about other people. And you are not as great as you think you are. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. No. No. Lighter or heavier? <laughs> I mean, that was pretty obvious, right? Yes. I mean, of, of course, yes. I'm rigging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's heavy as hell, right? But, but notice, though, notice how many of us tell ourselves these stories mm. continuously. We're yeah. doing that shit to ourselves. We've yeah. gotten it so much from the outside world. And forget about why. We just have. And now we're doing it to ourselves. Okay, mm -hmm. so now let me say something else. You are a beautiful creature, a beautiful being. You have far more kindness and caring than anybody has ever been able to acknowledge you for and far more greatness. And you are far more of a contribution to the world and people in it than anyone has probably ever been able to tell you. Lighter or heavier? Lighter, expansive. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And and so, and I use those two examples because they're so glaringly, obviously, one side and the other side, but also because they actually acknowledge what is true about us. And, and they also acknowledge all the lies that we've been telling us. And a lot of us wonder, you know, why is my life heavy? Why can't I be happy? And I'm like, 
Well, because you bought a lot of lies that keep running in your head that you keep telling yourself. And this is where we need to, to be willing to have a different perspective and use some of these tools to change this stuff. Mm, I love that. And so from there, I want to dive into, thank you so much for sharing that. So potent. And so from there, I want to ask the conversation because I know you've got a book on, you know, being yourself. And I think there's this real subtle thing that I feel like only this space and this conversation with you, I can really go into it in a real uh, honoring this conversation way. So the fact that, you know, there is personal development and we've always got space to grow and places to go, right? Versus also the fact that, you know, in any given moment, we're where we're meant to be, you know, and we're perfect and we're also like divinely created and we're amazing, you know, in that authentic right of it you know there's that subtle like yes you know you can almost fall into a trap and you alluded to it a little bit earlier in that like you know yes you take home personal development but then you're like even more stuck than when you than when you went there you know exactly (laughs) so just talking to that like the the duality between those two um but also like finding that out in terms of what's the best approach yeah well so the best approach number one is to get out of judgment of us or anyone else See, judgment is, you know, like I say, judgment is one of the biggest killers of possibility there is. Because what happens is the way this world is wired right now, um, whenever you make a judgment about something good or bad, Mm -hmm. that's what becomes your reality. So when you make a judgment, a decision or a conclusion about something, that's how it shows up, because that's the point of view. You're saying this is reality now. And the thing is, we don't realize we're actually the ones creating reality. But it's not quite in the way some people are talking about. But anyway, so when you judge something as good, bad, right or wrong, whatever, you end up living that as your reality. Now, the thing about it is if we because what I look at as would an infinite being judge like if we were truly being us, would we judge anyone or anything? And the answer, of course, is no. I mean, look at little kids. They don't, they don't know how to judge until we teach them. And we teach them really well how to judge, you know. And we teach our kids, um, this is right and this is wrong. Do the right stuff and the good stuff, not the bad stuff and the wrong stuff. What I would like to do, and it's what Gary, the founder of Access, my business partner, did with his kids, is he taught his kids, you have choice and choice creates. So rather than when his daughter was going to put her hand over the open, the burner that was on on the stove, he didn't say, don't do that. He said, if you do that, it's going to hurt. And so being a little kid, of course, she put her hand over it and she felt how hot it was. And she's like, "Ooh, I'm not going to do that. So we need to recognize that we weren't taught that choice creates and that we have choice. We were taught to do the right thing and the good thing and never the wrong thing and the bad thing. And so we're still functioning from that sort of messed up paradigm, but that's where that functioning from right and wrong mm. and that there is right and wrong with choice. Yep. And even, even saying that you can feel people's brains resist or their minds resist and also start to melt a little bit. Mm-hmm. If there were no right or wrong choice, like truly, if none of the choices of what anybody is choosing in the world is right or wrong, mm. what other choice do we have? And it's from that space then that we get to access that, what I call the infinite being. Some people would call it their soul or their higher self or whatever. But the the difficulty I have with high, higher self is you're still creating a separation between you and the being that you are. Mm-hmm. So... And and that and this is the thing that we keep doing is we keep going, I know there is a much greater me somewhere. 
And one day I will find it. Let me just search and search and search. And one day I will find this greater being as though, as though it's a, like a trip to, you know, a trip to Japan you take to find it. No, that's not the way that works. You are it now. What choices are you making? Mm. And if we and if we could end in what you talked about, about the duality, and I think that's one of the major places it comes from, we we don't see ourselves as infinite beings. Yep. And we may have heard this, and every time we do, it doesn't match our mind, so our mind just rejects it. But if you've ever created magic in a situation that didn't match the laws of physics and the rules of this reality, you know there's something else going on. Mm-hmm. And my question is, what would it be if a lot of our lives started showing up that way? Mm-hmm. Like if we desired to change our living situation and somehow it could show up with ease. If we desired to change our money situation and it could show up with ease. Well, this is what we call magic. But so I, I, I know a lot of people are listening, so they're not going to see my hands. But let me, um, let me explain what, what I'm talking about. But I use my hands as much as you do usually. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about that before. <laughs> I think we're both honorary Italians. I don't know. Uh, I can't talk without my hands. Like, you know, how do you make an Italian not talk? Tie their hands to their you know? And so here we go. I'm going to try to explain this while doing it with the hand thing. Cool. So what happens is, so I've got my hands clasped together, like tightly. That's basically this reality and what we're living. And that is the world of right and wrong, good and bad, judgment, mm-hmm. Um, and separation. It's a world where there's very little space, very little gratitude, very little joy. Okay. That's the reality that people have made real here rather dynamically. And a reality gets created wherever two or more people align and agree on a particular point of view. So if you go, oh, this is hard, and somebody else goes, you're right, it's hard. Now we have a reality where it's hard. Okay. Right. So we're living in a reality of good and bad, right and wrong, etc which is the exclusion of the joy of being like kids and animals and trees and nature, because nature doesn't judge the difference between us and nature. Um, other than, uh, you know, trees don't walk very fast is that they don't judge. You know what I mean? That that's primarily the difference. And we could go into that for another week and a half, but so here we are. We have this this contracted reality sort of, and, and it's more about the contraction. It's not about the possibilities. Mm. In order to get the possibilities, you need to expand beyond it. And so with my hands right now, I'm just expanding the bubble a bit. And when you start to expand beyond it, you start to see possibilities and awarenesses. And from my point of view, what it is, is by increasing our consciousness. Now, what is consciousness? Where everything and everyone exists and nothing and no one is judged including you, including everybody around you, including your choices, including their choices. They all exist. None of them are judged. And because you don't have to judge something as wrong to change it. You just have to recognize it's not as great as what you would like to have. So you choose something greater. Mm -hmm. So here we go. So we have this contracted reality. As we start to get out of judgment, as we start to explore possibilities, as we start to get more conscious And more conscious means less judgment, less right, less wrong. We start to expand and start to have a sense of space. Mm -hmm. And with that space, we start to get a sense of ease. And we start to get a sense of possibilities. And we start to get a sense that there are things that are possible that we always dreamed could exist, but we couldn't find the how and the steps to create them. So we decided we couldn't get there. 
rather than recognizing from this space that of this big bubble of possibility, a really big bubble of mm. consciousness where there everything exists and nothing is judged, that means every possibility exists too. And now it becomes a matter of ask and you shall receive. Mm. So we've been doing a lot of work in this tiny, limited, contracted thing, making it real. First of all, why do we make it real? Because it seems so real for everybody else. Mm. And then you have a sense there must be something different. So then you find some technique of personal development or metaphysics or psychology or meditation or something, which starts you on the path to that expanding of your awareness and consciousness. But then what most people do is because they're so used to this reality of right and wrong, they then make that new path the right path. Ah, I am on the right path. Ah, what do you mean you do not eat yellow tahini at midnight on Thursday? You are wrong. You never become conscious. You know what I mean? And then, and then, so then we start acting. And, and it's all because we, we've got this right and wrong thing so ingrained. Mm. And so then we decide that our new level of awareness is the right, the right place. And these are the right tools. And that stops our expansion of more consciousness because more consciousness would be, wow, what else is possible? And this is a great question to ask. What else is possible? How does it get any better than this? What else can I choose? What else can I create? And what's right about me that I'm not getting? Mm. Like These are all some questions that we can ask. And also a great question to ask when you're going to go into anything, even though you're not going to believe it, even though you don't think it's going to help, you go into a business meeting, you're going on a date, you're going to, um, I don't know, go to the bank to get a loan, whatever. What are the infinite possibilities for this? What are the infinite possibilities? And then let the universe show you. I mean, we live in a fucking brilliant, phenomenal friggin' universe. Mm -hmm. And Einstein said, way back to Einstein, we had the awareness that every molecule has consciousness. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? The more you're not judging it out of existence and judging that you shouldn't receive it and judging that it's got to be hard and all that sort of thing, the more you're the more you're actually stepping into that flow that consciousness is where everything exists and nothing is judged, including any of your choices and any of your points of view and any of your desires, as long as they don't infringe on somebody else, um, the more you actually get to this place where you start to perceive possibilities that go way beyond what everybody else can see. Mm. But in that point, you don't have to create it from traditional reality, which is where if they don't see it, you can't be it. And if they don't see it, you can't have it. Mm. You start to go, oh, you know what? I don't have to create this from this reality's point of view where two or more people have to align and agree. Instead, it sounds like a lot of fun and nobody else knows we can do it this way. Mm. I'm going to freaking do it anyway. This is going to be awesome. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Consciousness, let's do it. Come on, universe. Let's play, baby. Let's fun. Fuck everybody else who wants to suffer. No, no, don't fuck them. That, that would be a bad choice. Forget what I said. <laughs> no i get what you're saying and i really respect the idea of um just what you're articulating in terms of like the fact that judgment is the bottleneck on the access to consciousness like that is yeah that's really profound i want to dive into a conversation because i've heard you talk a little bit around this as well is that you know the relationship that you know we have with our judgments on ourselves Yes. No, like, yeah, because we, we do judge a lot of other people and judgment for a lot of people comes up in terms of like, you know, and there's always that age old saying, like when you point one finger forward, there's three coming back. Um, but legitimately like, you know, deeper than that, like, you know, I know, you know, I've suffered with this in terms of perfectionism and stuff like that. Can we have a little bit of a conversation around, you know, like how that shows up in the toxicity of that? Yeah. Well, let's talk about this. Okay. The only people, here's the deal. The seekers of the world, 
let's let's just say there are seekers and then there uh, or maybe we call them growth oriented people mm-hmm. um i would call them humanoids okay mm-hmm. the seekers of the world the humanoids of the world are the ones that are always in judgment of themselves and they think they're judging other people mm. okay because they're the only ones who would look and go oh my god i'm judgmental the others the non growth oriented people the the ones i like to call humans um just for fun just to mess with people's heads um and i don't and i don't do that like there's a separation i do that so as a pattern interrupt so people will start to look from a different place yeah. so what it is is there's certain people that you will try to present possibilities to and you go hey what about reading this book you know you say you're suffering you say you want to change this they're like nah it's just the way it's going to be you know and we all know a lot of people like that in our lives those are the people that judge other people that will never change why because they don't desire to and that's okay and we need to not judge that they don't want to change mm-hmm. so those are the people that will judge other people and they're right the other people are wrong and that's just the way it is and you'll say hey what about this possibility they go no and they'll look at you and go why do you do all this weird shit you're such a weirdo why don't you just be happy sitting on the couch you know drinking beer and watching football i don't understand you you're our weird relative okay and so you being the weird relative this seeker that that has desired something different you actually don't tend to judge other people you will be highly aware of their judgments of themselves and think they're yours which we need to talk about really quick if i can give a quick example yeah, absolutely. but at the same time what you do is you tend to judge the snot out of yourself mm. for not being able to fit in for not being able to get other people to change for not being able to be right for not understanding this reality for not being able to have a job for 40 years get a plastic watch and die and be happy doing it for you know and the seekers of the world are also the ones that they'll do a job for 3 weeks to 3 months and they're so friggin bored they want to die so they find a way to get fired or they leave it you know they go to job to job to job to job which is which is one of the things that we talked about at the beginning which my point of view is everything you've called a wrongness of you is actually a strongness of you So that thing of these people who go from job to job to job they're like oh my god I'm so wrong I can't hold down a job I said what if you're right what's right about this you're not getting which is one of the questions we need to add to our repertoire about ourselves because it's one of the antidotes to self judgment now you may not believe it at the time you may not believe there's anything right about you that's okay but ask the question a few times and then just let it go and you'll start to see oh my gosh like what i see with those people is they've got to have the people who have who go from job to job to job or at least have to have a job that changes all the time they've got so much friggin awareness and so many energetic receptors that need to be satiated all the time right. that doing the same thing more than once is so boring hmm. that they just can't do it and so but they make themselves wrong rather go wow what's right about this and if we go what's right about this and sorry i realize i talk really fast um Okay, cool. Thanks. If we go to what's right about this, then what happens is now the next question becomes how do I use this to my advantage? Absolutely. How do I use this to create a greater life? How do I use this to create a greater world? How do I use this unique skill set that I thought was messed up and wrong my whole life to actually create all the money I would like and to create all the change in the world I would like and realize that it's not bad for me to have money and it's not good and it's not right it's just it just is what it is. and it's not bad for me to have happiness um and it might actually be really cool because when i get happier other people around me 
start to, some of them are jealous, but a lot of them are like, what are you doing? And then they start to get happier too. And then other people that used to be sad, just like me, and they were my friends and we used to hang out. When I start getting happier, I realize they start wanting to get happier too, because they know it's possible because I'm actually being happier. Yeah. So um, with all of that, if we recognize that this thing that we have of the judgment of us is because we've never fit in and we have always been different. And even if you're not somebody who's like, who would even say I'm a seeker, like my sister, for example, she does access consciousness now. And I was doing, I've been doing it for 19 years and it's just in the last four or five years that she started doing it. Now she saw me doing it. She saw my life change. She saw how I could contribute to her and her kids and all this, but she's like, I'm not one of those seekers like you. I'm a mom. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. How is it you're? A, how is it those two are mutually exclusive? <laughs> They're polar opposites, mate. <laughs> exactly, right? I was like, um, yeah, but do you ever think something could be different? She's like, yes, I want different things all the time. I'm like, and you're a seeker, and that's not wrong. But so, you know, we started with the self-judgment, and our primary judgment comes from the idea that we are so friggin' different. And we know it, but people, they will sometimes tell us and they'll sometimes share their judgments of us with us. But the primary judgment that other people have of us is we don't fit and we don't fit in in the way that other people do. And what you're seeing now in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years is the humanoids, the seekers are starting to create change in the world in a way that they never had the capacity to before. Absolutely. So what if we actually are a greater possibility for future because we have these weird awarenesses, but I, I will say one more time as a seeker, as, as what you tend to do is you tend to judge yourself and think you're judging other people. And the other side, the, the people who are not interested in change, whatever, the one who wants you to just um, sit on the couch and watch football and drink beer, they do tend to judge other people but they would never think of themselves. I'm judgmental. They just know they're right. Yeah. I think that's really profound. And I think that segues into this really deep concept of, um, you know, being you to change the world and just like, I, I use the phrase, embrace your crazy. Like, you know, the podcast starts with a, you know, and I know that that's completely inappropriate for most people. Like, you know, you're, (laughs) cool and chilled but I get like people that are much older <laughs> and you know like much more within the box and I'm having a conversation and like the you is just like oh shit what have I got myself into here you know but it's like you know and I, I love that, that me giving me permission to be as crazy as I potentially can be in any given moment to embrace that weirdness embrace that frequency of me so in and around that being you and then you know like you said like you know you've been doing this for 19 years and your sister you know, sees the shift and the change and automatically jumps into like, you know, feeling the positive and the good out of that. I've heard again and again, many people say, you know, like, what do I do to create the shift in my loved ones and my family? And it's like, you know, my, the truth, truthful answer that I receive again and again is just, just be the best you you can be and be patient. <laughs> you know, <what? laughs> yeah, it takes some time, you know, but uh, they'll like, once you continually create the shift in yourself, you know, eventually that, that permeates and that, that goes, goes beyond to the spaces you want to, to infiltrate for sure. And I would love to have this conversation with you because, you know, there's this whole opportunity to talk about frequency and I guess identity um, in and around that, which is, you know, the whole concept of, you know, embodying an identity before you have something? Well, for me, 
Well, okay. So let me, let me tell you, I have a, I have a different approach, but there are a couple of things I want to say. Number one, um, you brought up the word weird. Did you know that the original meaning of the word weird was of spirit, fate, or destiny? No, I just thought it meant yeah. committing to carve out your own path, but say that again for us to be of, of spirit, fate, or destiny, oh. you know, like Shakespeare's weirding women. <gasps> and if we realize that, like when people say you're weird, you go, oh, thank you. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 I love that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also, you know, that's also not not making the judgment real. And and the other thing I wanted to say because it can hopefully help a lot of people is when you ask, you know, when when there are people in your life that you know you would hope would change or hope have a possibility, you know, you said be the greatest you you can, which I totally concur with. And at the same time, the other huge piece about this is we need to get out of judgment of what they choose. Yeah. And I mean, totally, because think about it for a moment. How many times have we had somebody who, who, even if they didn't say it, they were in judgment of our choices and thought we should choose something different. Mm-hmm. And what do you do? Just because of the fact that they're judging you for it, you keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's better for you to change something. <laughs> like, F you for judging me. So <laughs> you know? No, you don't get to judge me. I'm going to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Yeah. Several years ago, I was, I was with this girl who was very destructive for me. And on some level, I knew it. And on some level, I didn't care because blah, blah. And all of my friends who actually care about me had such judgment of the fact that I was allowing myself to be so sort of like twisted and bent and messed up by this girl. Mm. And, and, Finally, one day I said, okay, guys, so all of your projections, expectations, separations, judgments, and rejections about me and her, will you let these go, please? And then we used the clearing statement on that. And so they let them go. And I broke up with her three days later. Mm-hmm. Now, I had stayed with her six months longer than I would have just because they didn't want me to. Mm-hmm. Now, I, of course, you know, I, of course, probably would not like to see myself as that kind of person that would would really, but I was, and I was doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I want to say that because if you have a judgment or a point of view that somebody should change something, it becomes part of their reason and justification for not changing it. Uh-huh. But if you truly get to, and here's the tool you want to use, okay? And this tool actually works for any sort of upset or any angst you have. What you want to do is you want to get the energy of it. So think of somebody you want to change. And when they don't change, you're kind of like, because eh, you want them to have a better life. You have all your reasons and justifications for wanting them to change. Yeah. But bottom line is you want them to do something they're not currently desiring to do. So mm-hmm. how do you change that so it's easier for you and for them? So what you do is you get the energy of it and just go, okay, all that stuff about wanting them to change. Okay, you just get the sense of it and go, interesting point of view. I have this point of view. Okay, and usually it changes a little bit. And then again, you go, interesting point of view. I have this point of view. And it changes some more. Interesting point of view. I have this point of view. Interesting point of view. I have this point of view. Mm. Interesting point of view. I have this point of view. And that's how you let it go. Because what you're doing is you're taking the positive and negative polarity out of it. When you go to interesting point of view, I have this point of view. If we would use nothing other than this tool for every point of view we have for the next year, you know, we would be totally free. Oh, another tool I want to share before I answer your question, and I apologize, but don't apologize. This, I'm loving this. this There's so many practical cool. takeaways. Awesome. Thank you. 
this this is um, something that we call the mantra of access. And it's all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. So once again, all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. All of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. All of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. All of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. Now, the suggestion is do that 10 times in the morning and 10 times in the evening. But also, you can use it like most people use prayer when you're in an emergency and don't know what the heck else to do to change the energy. All of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. All of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. All of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. Um, and, you know, like when you're at the airport and your plane is about to not take off and you're going to miss your next flight and you'll have to stay there for a day, blah, blah. All of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. All of life. We also have other tools. But it really works because what it is, it's not saying only good things happen to me and I can't handle the bad things. Mm -hmm. It's an acknowledgement that there is going to be shit. There's going to be great stuff. There's going to be good, bad, and ugly showing up. Yep. And you want all of life to show up with ease, with joy. And the true meaning of glory is exuberant expression and abundance. Mm -hmm. What it's really saying is all of life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm not a, I don't have to avoid the bad and I don't have to avoid the ugly anymore when it shows up because it's all going to occur with ease, with joy, and exuberant expression and abundance. Mm -hmm. And and that really, that one statement, if, if you know, certain people will be with it for a while and, and notice sort of, if they be that energy, how it sort of ripples out into their world and what they get. But it, it really can be helpful to do that 10 times in the morning and 10 times in the evening. Mm -hmm. And if you'll notice the energy in the space that it creates, it sort of smooths all the rough edges. Mm. And, and so this can be really uh, another really helpful tool. And I'm giving, I'm giving a few tools out of about 8,000 that we have in access. <laughs> and there's some of them that, you know, take a little longer to go into and explain. So um, I'm not doing that, but I'm trying to give a general sense that our lives can actually be a lot lighter than they have been. Mm -hmm. Like it, you can wake up with lightness, you can create with lightness, you can, you can have things show up and they, it's your entire uh, source or, or um, impetus for change is no longer what problem do I have to deal with today and what problem do I have to solve? It becomes what possibilities would I like to choose and what possibilities would I like to actualize? I love that. And getting there, man, that's, I mean, those are, that's the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> and will you have shit show up? Yeah. But you'll be able to handle the shit. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, people look at me and they're like, oh, your life must be perfect. I'm like, uh-uh, life is <laughs> awesome. But I have, I have more things that other people call problems occur in a week than most people have in years. Yeah, but they're not problems for me. I just handle them and I and and create something greater out of it. Mm. You know, it's it's a different way of being that we can all choose. It's just we just kind of get there's something else possible. There's something else beyond this reality we've been living mm. and somewhere we know it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be listening to this podcast and doing all the work we do to try to create something different. Yeah. And what was the question that you asked that I went off on all those tangents on that I didn't answer? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. I just wanted to acknowledge what you were saying. Um, and I will ask the question right after this. Maybe the question is just this illusory end of goal. <laughs> but yeah, like, 
been coached by Eckhart Tolle for the last six months and he talks a lot about just the isness of things, you know, like the good, the bad, you know, all just labels in this underlying field, things just is, you know, things just are. And I've been realizing like just in that process of being guided, exactly what you've been sharing through this conversation as well is, you know, like even now with other people on their journey, wherever they're at, it's actually kind of sublime and beautiful you know even the person that's you know just thrown like a piece of trash onto the street like yes it hurts but it's also you know it's kind of like hey that person's on a journey you know like they're going to be going wherever they're meant to be going with that awareness and that intention and they're going to evolve into something and there's so much space for that and just acknowledging that everybody just is where they're meant to be i love that and so in and around that though like uh the question that i had before was about you're embodying your identity in order to, I guess, be something before you have something, you know, like oftentimes we're out there trying to look to source, you know, like what it is that we want a better life, a better, you know, a better way of being more money. Um, but in terms of trying to actively call that in, um, I know I've, I've researched into some of your work and it's predominantly about, you know, embodying the frequency of the identity that you want to have. Yes. And what's interesting is, it's it, well so the words i would use and we'll see where these intersect is in order in order to have something or receive something you have to be that something mm. <laughs> so but for me it's actually about destroying and letting go of as many identities as possible because every identity that we have limits anything else that we can have and be and so when we function from identities, and I, I don't mean to step on toes, I'm just giving you my sense of it. And, of and my sense is we have a similar, a similar sense with maybe different words. Yep. But what most people do with identities is they have, I am this here, I'm this with this person, I can be this with regard to money, I can be this with regard to my family, I can be this with regard to my relationship, I can be this with my kids, I can be this at work. So we have all these identities or all these images that we've created that are actually not us being able to be the totality of us in every moment, in every situation with every person. Mm. And, but even though I say being the totality of us in every moment with every person, that doesn't mean you show them the totality of you. You can actually be all of you without telling them everything that's true for you if they can't hear it. And that's okay. So back to the conversation about, you know, how do you be this in order to have it is, see, for me, it's, it's actually an un, because what I, what I found is it's the identities of us not being that or not being able to have that or not having that with ease that create it continuously being separate from us. And we have all these obstacles to overcome to get there. So from my point of view, it would be about undoing the identities that we bought that are the limited identities so that we can be the infinite being that we be. And when I say infinite being, I mean it in, in, on, on the one hand, a very huge cosmic level. And on the other hand, a very practical level in that if you're an infinite being, it means you have infinite capacities to choose anything, but also to change anything that has been a limited or a fixed point of view or a polarized point of view, a positive and negative, a right and wrong, because it's not your true nature as a being. And the other thing that I say to people is, what if you could imagine yourself or know 
simultaneously that you are the drop in the ocean simultaneously while being the ocean mm. simultaneously where there's no separation where you don't have to go into oh my goodness i need to keep the world out you're like no i am the world we we are we are the world to whatever extent you're willing to have it at the time and let that then let all the other drops contribute to you too cuz everything in your house will contribute to you if you allow it to there are lots of people that would contribute to us also if we weren't keeping them out. Yes, there are lots of assholes who will just try to take. Okay, but why keep everybody out just because, you know, you have a few rotten apples in the barrel? Like, okay, fine. Just acknowledge. Uh, just acknowledge, you know, there are two things that come out of an asshole, shit and farts. <laughs> and you don't want to be around for that. Okay, fine. But everybody else, most people are some form of contribution, even the people that are, are the judgmental people. Like, what if everyone was actually a contribution? And what if also the thing about the the receiving of judgment that we talked about earlier, what if judgment is actually an energy that will contribute? What if it was just energy? Hmm. And one of the things I like to say to people, so they'll actually start being willing to receive judgment instead of making it a big, bad, scary monster, yeah. is one of the things that we found that seemed to match an energy at one point was for every judgment you're willing to receive, you make $5,000 more that year. Okay. For every judgment you're willing to receive, you make $5,000 more. For every judgment you reject, you lose 10000 which explains <laughs> a lot of people's income if you look at it. <laughs> I like right? a little metaphor you got. Yeah. Talk about, isn't that cool? Yeah. And when I talk about receiving judgment, I don't mean somebody goes, you're a jerk, and you go, oh my God, I'm a jerk. That's not receiving judgment. That's aligning and agreeing with the judgment. Mm. That's making it solid and real, taking their point of view. And it's also not acceptance. Acceptance is where you do that, where you accept it and go, oh, that must be true. Mm. And now you're holding on to it. No, receiving judgment. Um, oh, by the way, when you do that, your next step is to fight and go, no, I'm not a jerk, which is <laughs> now you're in total polarity in their, you know, fighting against a stuck. Completely engaged. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're lost. You know, you've just lost your whole sense of space. Instead, somebody goes, you're a jerk and practice this, push down your walls and barriers. And just suck the energy through you, not into your body, but through you and out the other side and let it go. When you do that, see, that's practice of lowering the walls that we put up and allowing ourselves to actually, that's what true receiving is. Because if you can be in the presence of judgment or anger or um, all these things that people tend to live with and deliver to other people and you lower your walls and barriers realize it's just an energy and pull it through, but pull it through behind you and then let it go. It's like, then you don't, you don't have to fight the world anymore. And the world can't fight against you because how do you punch a marshmallow? You know, and you know, and I know a lot of these, these conversations have, um, can have spiritual connotations or you've heard something like this from somebody saying that their, their target was spirituality or whatever. And, and, and for me, it's all consciousness. Mm. You know, it's like, it's like, and, and there are a lot of people that are, are, were talking spirituality for many years who have now changed the term to consciousness, but a lot of them are still functioning from the right and wrong point of view. Mm. And if we're in the right and wrong of anybody's point of view, we're not really functioning from the consciousness that we could. Yeah. And what would it be like if, if, if we could, like, truly go beyond the need to make anybody else wrong but especially at this point starting with 
what if we could go beyond the need to make us wrong mm, or the that. need to make us right? What else would be possible? I love that. From there, I'd love to ask you a couple of questions in terms of, you've also written a book called How to Be a Gentleman. Um, so in and around that, can you maybe, I'm conscious of the time, is there any like, couple of key takeaways we can absorb from that book? Yeah. And it's actually uh, called Return of the Gentleman. Ah, Return so, of the Gentleman. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Um, it, basically, it's like this. Um, there are a lot of men in this world who are seekers. Okay, let's put it this way. The non-seekers are not going to want to read that book because um, it's it's designed for... And, and so what happens is... Now, I also have to say this conversation it applies to ladies also. So it, it, it's not exclusive. It's not exclusive of women or ladies. Okay. Of course. But, but if we, if we focus on the return of the gentleman for a moment from the male perspective, it's like we as men have an identity crisis in this world right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the me too movement, it, there's, it's been even more intensified because what we have is we have these guys that I've been talking about the humanoids that are, they tend to be kind and caring. They tend to actually like bodies. They tend to like sex. They tend to like women. They tend to like um, having somebody's back. And but they've got this idea that if they like sex, if they show any sense of power or have any point of view that is not what the woman wants, then they're being this abusive jerk that that men have been portrayed as. Yep. And and so there's this identity crisis for them, but there's also this this concurrent identity crisis for women, both for themselves, but also how it relates to men. Mm. Now we're supposed to see all men as potential predators and all this stuff. And, and what's funny is nobody's asking us men, you know, the, the seeker kind men of the world who actually like women and like people and want to bring everybody together and create more. Mm. Nobody's asking us, how do you feel about it? Cause mm. it probably hurts and pisses us off as much, if not more than the women at what we see these other guys doing in our name as though they're doing it because they're men. Mm. What we need to get is they're not doing it because they're men. They're doing it because they're assholes. They're doing it because they're highly insecure people who want to have power over other people. Those are not men that are doing that. Those are people that are choosing to do that. Okay. Mm. And I have a history of being highly physically, emotionally, and sexually abused by women when I was a little kid. Mm. And and so it's interesting to see the justification that has been put on the idea that all men are bad and wrong. And I'm like, uh, you have no idea how evil women can be, but it's not about men and women. Those were people. Just evil people. Her we people, her people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, and, and so if we, so what the conversation really was about before I went off on that particular tangent, Mm. the conversation really was about is, is giving these guys who actually desire to know that they can be all of it. They can be kind, they can be caring, they can be sexual, they can be potent, they can be creative, they can be different than other people. They don't have to become doormats. Mm. They don't have to let everybody walk on their head to prove that they're not one of these other kind of guys. And in so doing, there's this return of the gentleman and a gentleman from my point of view is somebody who knows who he is, who doesn't have to make an apology for him or his choices, who considers other people in his choices and does his best to honor everyone, but also does his best to create a future that's greater for everybody involved 
but not from buying other people's judgments or limited points of view. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, a gentleman is somebody who likes the man looking back at him from the mirror. Now, if we took everything we said and instead of gentlemen put in lady or woman or female, same exact thing applies. Mm-hmm. But part of the part of the thing about this conversation was also creating a place where women could understand what their men are going through. Mm-hmm. And the number of times I've received an email or a um, a message from a lady whose whose husband had read the book or was part of the Zoom series that I did that led to the book, and she says, "Oh my gosh, I have been with this man for six years, and I don't know what happened, but a couple of years in, I just lost him and I couldn't find him again, but I have him back now. It's like, and he's so wonderful, and it's so nice to see, and then." gentlemen saying, oh my gosh, I feel like I, I can actually be everything I am. I can be kind and caring because I'd cut that off. I can be, I adore my wife and love having sex with her because I had cut that off. I can actually disagree with her point of view and not make her wrong and not me wrong. So that's really what, what this conversation is about, is us getting to be us as people. I love that. I look forward to reading it. What I'm hearing in the subtext of it is to be lovingly powerful, whether you're male or female. Yeah, exactly that. Um, I just want to touch in on something before we dive out. And uh, it's interesting. (laughs) This may be one of the deepest places to go before we dive out. (laughs) um, I just know that, um, you know, there is a lot of work um, that you have helped people with depression, you know, Um, and it is something that, you know, I struggled with for six years and, you know, meditation completely reconstituted my life. Um, But I know the access consciousness bars have done a lot for a lot of people in this space. Um, any, you know, what's the best way for someone, let's just say such as myself that may have a friend that's going through something to help. Wow. Um, so much. And I also suffered with depression 19 years ago. That's how I found access actually. Mm. Um, and I had one session of access consciousness bars and it, it totally changed my whole reality and never contemplated killing myself again. Mm. And so what I would say is, so we have bars.accessconsciousness.com. It's the website where you can find where the bars practitioners around the world are located. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of people around the world that do this. My, my really, my first suggestion would be that. Now, if you're really in the place where you are in having suicidal thoughts, please call a hotline. Get, yep. get that help first. And also get that somebody has your back mm-hmm. because, you know, because one of the reasons why we have, well, we have this going on is because we feel so alone. But this also goes back to what I was talking about, about being a seeker, being a humanoid, being different than the majority. And no matter where you are, no matter what group you're in, you don't feel like you belong, let alone the group of 8 billion people called Earth right now. You know what I mean? But this is not a wrongness of you. This is an awareness of how friggin' different you are. And you're here to do something different that creates a greater world. Mm-hmm. And And I know I sound kind of fervent about that, but it's because... It's something I am highly aware of. So recognize that that sense of disenfranchisement is is not you being wrong. And I know it feels wrong. Believe me, I know. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so the other thing that I would suggest is the possibility of getting a session with an access facilitator because they can cut to the chase and use some tools, usually within one session to help you change it. Yep. Okay, but the other thing that needs to be addressed with depression is this this awareness thing, this who does this belong to thing mm-hmm. that I was talking about before. Because 
um, a huge amount of what people are, are thinking is theirs is not theirs. They're holding it for all kinds of other people. Now, why does this happen? Because the other thing we need to talk about is the fact that a lot of these seekers, a lot of the humanoids in the world are actually healers. Yeah. Now, they don't, you know, they don't heal for a living. They're not doctors. They're not chiropractors. They're not massage therapists. They're not acupuncturists. They're moms, their dads, their sons, brothers, students, you know, engineers, lawyers, whatever. But when I say a healer, what I mean is they and their bodies have this capacity to take stuff on for other people as a way of trying to make it better, but they don't know it. And nobody's ever told them you have this capacity. You're aware of a ton of friggin' energy that is not necessarily yours. Mm -hmm. There are easy ways to get rid of it. Once you can acknowledge what's actually going on mm -hmm. when you stop buying that, that it's yours. And even, you know, me talking about this is, it sounds probably radical in a lot of people's world. Mm -hmm. um, I've just seen it help so many people in the last 19 years. Which is why um, I asked the question, yeah. Yeah, and I'm really grateful for that. And so so these are some of the things that we need to... So what you could do... Um, oh, uh, hmm. The other thing is... Um, in, so the book that I wrote called Being You, Changing the World, there's, there's a, a first chapter that you can listen to of me reading the intro in the first chapter. It's about an hour long. Yep. And I've had people tell me that something in it changed something in their world that gave them a sense of, of having more hope and more space. It's available free. You can get it on my website. I've got over 300 YouTube videos that are uh, probably 350 now that are, that are different tools. And, and what I found is what we need to do is we need to shift the vibe. We need to change the energy that people are swimming in. Yep. And the bars does that dynamically because it, it undoes the positive and negative right and wrong. It undoes the, it's like upgrading your operating system in your brain. Mm -hmm. um, and also though, it, it's like, if you have a friend that doesn't judge you, call them and say, Hey, will you help me please? I'm just having a really tough time. I just need somebody who will, who will be there for me and just bleh, tell them what's going on. Um, and then all of these tools that we have available. And I, I, I know I'm talking a lot as I tend to do. No, it's very useful. Um, Thank you, because it, it's like there's so many, there's so many aspects to this that apply to different people. Yeah, and when you so many access question, points to get the support that you need, and yeah, it can all help. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing about it. If and if we can just recognize, look, you you are not alone, you are not wrong, and there are many, 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 many of us who have been in this space mm. and choosing to live. For me personally, and for a lot of these people, choosing to live was the greatest choice I could have ever made. And I couldn't see that 19 years ago. But if you can get your bars run, if you can have a session with an access consciousness certified facilitator, call a friend who has your back. But the other thing is get your body moving. Okay. Even a few walks around the block, because the thing when you get depressed, you want to slow down and sludge uh -huh. up, get yep. your body moving in whatever way, just make yourself do it, make yourself get your butt out of the house, walk around the block, jog around the block a few times, 10, 15 minutes, um, we'll start to change things. There's also certain supplements that can help you with mood. Um, they're not a long-term solution, but if you need a short-term solution, there are lots of those also. It's mm -hmm. like, I just, I'm really, really dynamically passionate about this particular subject, yep. having been there and worked with a lot of people who have. I just want people to know it's friggin' changeable. Mm. It's totally changeable and far easier than anybody thinks is possible. We just have to, we have to, we have to undo the lies that are stuck 
undo the energetics of the things that don't that make you feel constricted and stuck and wrong and then you start to realize oh my god it is actually possible there is something different possible for a future and i think that's a very potent conversation for anyone in that space that may be tuning in is just that there is an alternate possible because i know when you're in it it doesn't feel like it so thank you so yeah. much for sharing that brother i really appreciate that man i feel like i have gone so deep but still only scratching the surface of the infinite potential that this conversation can afford us <laughs> so i'm just going to as soon as get off this uh, get back in touch with your pa and schedule up the next podcast <laughs> i look forward to it that is be awesome but um, for those tuning in that really want to connect with you, what's the best way to get in touch with Dr. Dane here? Uh, my website, drdanehere.com. It's D-R-D-A-I-N-H-E-E-R.com. And there's a lot of stuff there that you can just check out and immerse yourself in any part of it you want. Like I said, there's a lot of free videos, a lot of stuff. You know, I don't do what I do for the money. Mm. I do it because there's this possibility for us to live awesome lives and why the hell not? Mm. And I think when you start checking it out, you will realize that it absolutely means that there is such a wealth of information there. And it just comes from, as you can tell from this podcast, just such a, a soul service sort of place, which, you know, an absolute, an absolute pleasure to have you here and to just receive your, your love, your vibe for, for what you're doing and just for everyone else as well, just the tools. I think that was the most amazing thing, just consistently having so many tools to support, you know, the, the development. Just while I've got the gratitude mic on, <laughs> I just want to thank you for uh, all the little bits and all the moments, you know, like you've definitely had your own challenges in life and all those bits that inform your presence here today to have such a deep and wonderful conversation. Just want to take a moment to acknowledge that and always just wishing you all the best for what's coming up Armit, thank you so much and all the best to you also and man you're just awesome i've had so much fun thank you Ray. <laughs> as weird as you are <laughs> <laughs> love it brother thank you hey tribe thanks for tuning in to another fun enlightening episode of the inspired evolution I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health, and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect, so I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amrit-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, 
Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.